0: Roger, moves on in and he He's today. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Pod Street Bullies, folks. My name is Derek, and I am John. What's going on, everybody? I have a feeling that was really overmodulated. The bars here are going crazy red right now. Oh yeah, it just sounded like. Well, for those of you at home, I meant to say hello, 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 and welcome to the Pod Street Bullies. So in case just you missed it the first time,
1: just call to say hello.
0: That's cute. That's cute. Yeah, I don't know any of the other words. I don't either. I, what commercial? It was in a commercial a while ago. I, was it? Yeah, I think so. But whatever. Yeah. All right. Anyway, regardless, folks, you are listening to the Street Bullies. I am Derek. I am on Twitter at PuckBobPSN. And John... Yeah, I just introduced myself already. I was... Well, I was going to let you do the, the honors here. Oh, what um, about what? Give us your Twitter, name. Your your Twitter. Nate. Oh,
1: dude, you're throwing me for a loop. We do that at the end. I know, well, but we do it at the my, end again. Well, I don't want to do it twice. Anyway, my Twitter handle is at JohnPGove. And yeah. Perfect. And then... What, Spotify, Apple
0: Podcasts, iHeartRadio, right. Spreaker, YouTube, everywhere. Pod Muncher. Look for us. <laughs> Pod Muncher. God. <laughs> uh, look, to, to really cut out the crap right now, it's going to be hard. I understand. But we've got a lot to get to this week because a lot happened. So yeah. if we're going to get to it, I think. Um, I say, honestly, it's probably a good idea. Let's just skip the typical you know, story that we do and uh, get right into some hockey. What do you think?
1: I'm with it, man. Let's do it. Awesome.
0: First on the docket, we have the preseason game Monday night against the Islanders. The rookie game's kind of old news. Um, right. We saw what we saw. We all drew our conclusions, so we're moving on to the preseason game against the Islanders. Give me a couple things for you, John, that stuck out. Uh, the most, whether you were impressed or up, uh,
1: not upset, but, you know, kind of a little like meh about. Well, first, let me start off by saying I hate preseason everything. I, I, I know it doesn't make me seem like a good, you know, like hockey media person or whatever, but PC, preseason just bores the crap out of me. And I get that it's an opportunity to see, you know, players playing for the first time and all that's exciting and all, but i need things that mean something so uh i'm a bit of a debbie downer when it comes to that stuff but i'd say (laughs) but i did actually watch some of the game because of course i'm gonna watch some of it even though i didn't enjoy it much um from a prospect standpoint the thing that i think stood out the most for me was even though it was great to see fairby playing he kind of looked a step behind everybody else um when he was on the bench, you could also just tell he was sucking wind. Like it took everything in that kid's being to kind of just keep up with the pace of the NHL game. So it's preseason. I don't want to put a whole lot of stock into much, and I'm not going to go here, get out here and say that he stunk or anything like that. But I just think he might show that he might need a little bit of time in the AHL just to kind of get familiar with the pace of the game.
0: And that's to be expected too, when you think about it, um, you know his motor; he was definitely on display. You could see that the guy was relentless. Um, it, it dates back to the scouting reports coming out of, right? Uh, you know, coming into the draft when he was drafted, the guy's got a relentless motor that was on display. But conditioning, something he can work on, obviously, and
1: something he will work on. It yeah, and that comes. And I don't want to go out and say he was out of shape because he was far from out of shape. I just think you know this is a pace that he's never played before. Oh, yeah. And and it's, it's a whole new level of intense, and there's a great amount of pressure. Your, people are expecting you to make this team, especially now with Morgan Frost being hurt. I think that there's just a lot there for him, and you can kind of just see it all, you know, kind of weighing on his shoulders throughout the game. You definitely can. Um, I
0: don't want to say that it looked like he was trying to do too much, but because honestly he wasn't. But right. you can definitely tell that this is his mentality going into this is that it's a tryout, and you know he wants to make the team, and it's evident, um, but he also has to remain the same player that got him into this place in the first right. place. He can't change his game and mold it. it. He He's successful, having gotten to where he is, by doing what has made him successful.
1: And he kind of acknowledged that in the interviews, too, you know, that there were some times where he really played it safe and just kind of dumped pucks in when he maybe could have done a little bit more so he acknowledges that there's changes that need to be made um but I mean whatever I'm not gonna sit here and be like it was an awful game because it wasn't I just think that when you want somebody to be ready to make the team coming out of camp or preseason it wasn't the game you wanted to see you're right and speaking of
0: make the team I'm gonna make my point here I think and this dates back to the rookie game I think it weighs more heavily on me than this one, but Yerman Rubst- mm. R- J- Rubstov, right? I really think that if there's a rookie, I guess you can call him a rookie. He only played 14 games last year, but oh, he's definitely a rookie. Yeah, that's the guy for me. I think he's making the team. That two goal performance looked great. He's sharp. He's quick. He's he's got the physical makeup of an NHL player. I really think Rubstov is cut out for the NHL this year
1: yeah and i mean i think all the cards are kind of falling in his favor at this point i mean again we'll reference the frost injury i mean it's regardless of how long he's actually out for it doesn't help that he's going to be missing preseason games of course and i mean if there's signs that farabee might not be quite ready then they're not gonna they're not gonna force it so it kind of makes Rubstov the best candidate if you pick a rookie to take that spot it does i agree um and then moving
0: on from there, I guess just a couple other general uh, statements and observations. We saw Justin Braun make his debut in Orange and Black, and I couldn't be more impressed, honestly. It is what we need. Yes. Remember, I think this was we were talking about. We were running through the defense a few weeks back, and I said that Justin Braun is what we all wanted Robert Haig to be, but much better. Oh,
1: yeah. Definitely. definitely.
0: Right on par. Um Great active stick, blocking shots, disrupting passing lanes. Uh, I think he would be a
1: great fit on a really porous penalty kill for the Flyers. And that could definitely help. Right. Well, they just need someone who's defensively disciplined at this point. That's JB. Yeah, it's great. I mean, he's not going to light up the lamp. That's fine. That's not his role. And I think that he gave fans a very good look at what he could bring to the table. You're right. It was one preseason game, but so far it looks pretty good. You're right. Another guy too. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know what else looks good? Me? Kevin Kevin Hayes, JVR, and Voracek on a line. Not the route I was going to go, but you're right. (laughs) I loved it. I thought that
0: they played great (laughs) together. The chemistry was definitely on display with that goal. Hayes feeding it across yep. the, almost the length, of not the length, but the width of the ice to Voracek. Voracek sliding it to JVR right in front of the net. That was, oh, I love Boy, seeing chemistry like that this early in the preseason.
1: And what I liked about Hayes was he was able to hold onto that puck and just maneuver enough, right, to get everybody else set up for that goal to happen. His puck control is great. Yeah. So you have that. You have a pretty good playmaker in Voracek and somebody who can finish in JVR. I think that's a perfect second line right there.
0: I agree. I think Hayes is going to fit right in and hopefully do better than your predicted hat trick in the first night and then goalless until <laughs> December. But it remains yeah. to be seen, you know. <laughs> Still overpaid. But, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> at least, you know what? I could see him making a case to come out at the end of the season and say, you know what? $7 million was more worth it than many thought at the beginning of the season yeah um you also wanted to touch on one more thing which when you told me pre-show i was like i absolutely agree so i want you to take the
1: lead with this one here too all right yeah so the chris stewart fight yes first of all all you analytics people who are bitching about this well i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that but bitching about this go to hell this guy okay is fighting for his pro hockey life right now literally and figuratively okay he needs to do something to stand out and old Chris Stewart if he's just playing a regular game of hockey is not gonna stand out so what does he do he kicks Kyle Burroughs ass well he stood out so he is making his point he to make the team now will he you know at the end of it I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But at least he's doing everything he can to make that argument, especially because he got laid out. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah,
0: Kyle Burrows. I mean, it, and it was high, and that's why Stewart went after him. But, right. man, Stewart, did, I loved the fact that after he dropped him, he's going into the penalty box, and he kind of looks back over his shoulder, looks back straight ahead into the box, and just nods his head. He's like, yeah, I did that. Yep. Like. Yep. Honestly,
1: if that guy takes a fourth line spot, I'm not going to be upset. No, you know, I mean, and he's far from fast, and I get the knock on that, but it's just like, you know, you got some of these people who are like the analytics darlings. They're like, absolutely not. People are getting excited about a fight because, well, yeah, fighting's exciting. And to me, I go further than that and just go, you know what? He's laying it all out on the line here. He knows he has to kind of stand out in some way and that's how he's going to do it these analytics people are getting upset because there's no
0: chart, graph, or number to represent heart right. and I'm, that's what Chris Stewart displayed last night Monday I'm night.
1: sure they can do, make up a heat map that has to do with fighting and heart I um, mean it's, you could just BS like the rest of them
0: Yeah, and I can guarantee you that I won't pay any attention to it <laughs> <But> that map <laughs> at least I might put it on a wait what segment. Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, if Stevie's listening, you know, you've got your task for next week, pal. Stevie, <laughs> I'm
1: well,
0: loving that this kinda... fired up John Gove man. Oh uh,
1: yeah, he's been he, he's been on the uh, on the bench for a few weeks, but he's ready to rumble, baby. Oh, it's um, like Chris Stewart here, <laughs> right? Yeah, not as old. I also didn't play hockey in London, That's or true. in Canada, or in the United States. Anyway, did you have anything else about this game? Uh, Nothing really. I
0: added a little tidbit about Myers. I'd like him on the PK as well. Um, But, you know, I think if he takes that sixth defenseman spot, which is almost assured to him at this point, then we'll probably see him on there because they'll try to save some minutes for guys like Provorov and Niskanen and maybe even Gostaspare because Gostaspare is better on the penalty or power play. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I think it's time to move on to the big news of the week because we've got two little tidbits, big tidbits, really, that right. we want to touch kind on. Of, kind of bout time tidbits, if you will. Yeah, something we spent a lot of time discussing about a month ago when mm-hmm. they they hadn't signed yet. And now, folks, we have a complete roster. Yeah, we do. Yeah, and we're going to touch on the guy that signed first on Friday – September fourteenth, Ivan Provorov signed a six-year deal worth forty and a half million dollars,
1: six point seven five per year. Yeah, are you happy? I'll tell you, I am. I was a little surprised because I thought that Warensky was going to Warensky's deal was going to mean bridge deal.
0: Me too. I did
1: too. But I mean. Six years at six point five million, I'm fine with. You know, you get a little hesitant because of the down year he had, and you know everybody's starting to worry, like maybe what, uh, what kind of player is Provorov really, and all that junk. But I think he's going to be worth six point seven five million dollars.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too, how uh, Steve Cornianos from the draft analyst pointed out that this deal's very similar to what uh, St. Louis gave Alex Petrangelo in 2013-14 after his third full season. He got seven years for $6.5 million. And look at him now. Petrangelo's right. probably one of the better defensemen in the league and plays a somewhat similar game to Provorov.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, and there were reports of nine ten million dollars like
0: i'm perfectly fine with
1: this yeah you know i mean i was really nervous that we were going to way overpay for this guy at the end of the day now
0: that news has come out about mcavoy signing as well Provorov is the highest paid out of the three but he also got the most term right so it makes sense because bridge deals typically aren't going to pay you out what you're going to make over a six seven
1: eight year deal Right. I mean, and you know, now Columbus and Boston run the risk of having to super pay these guys. And likely it'll happen because
0: Wierenski and McAvoy, I don't think, are going to get any worse. Yeah. No, I
1: don't think so either.
0: Yeah, So, you know, good deal. I don't think there's anybody out there that can really poke holes in this deal. I think if Provrov lives up to the expectation that's been, you know, put on his shoulders, he'll live up to
1: this deal. Yeah. And I mean, also, I think that point seven five million million helps with if for some reason he turns out to not be your number one defenseman. You can still go and give someone else that kind of money with this contract. You're right. And especially with the money coming off the books in these next couple
0: years, you know, Niskanen's $5, 6000000 million and Braun's 3 point or was it 4.2 or 3.8, something like that. Yeah, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Yeah, some somewhere around in that ballpark. Like, you've got 3. money 8. coming. 3.8. So yep. you've got money coming off the books in the next couple of years. If Provrov doesn't regain his form, hey, so be it. It's, you know, a little worse than a McDonald contract, but I'm
1: sure he's still going to play a hell of a lot better than Andrew McDonald. Oh, yeah. I mean, I see at worst he's going to be still a 3-4 kind of defenseman. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um so another interesting thing I like and that I
0: wanted to point out to Chris Vaccaro was at the rookie game last week and he tweeted out a picture of Provorov and his son. Um if you look at that photo, I'm assuming you've seen the photo, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You can see just how happy Provorov looks. Like right. a genuine happiness in his face. And he was at that game with his agent and right there should have said something about his chances about of re-signing. But just the happiness you could see in Prorov's face—it's like that guy
1: loves Philadelphia, right? Oh yeah, I mean, and you know, I don't think anybody can really give him crap for holding out as long as he did. Do you even call it holding out, or do you only call that holding out like when games are starting to be played?
0: I know there was a whole to do about that. Like, it's not a holdout; it's contract
1: right. negotiations. It's like, yeah, I get well, that, well, but
0: it's everybody yeah, but knows. Sh-
1: But he also, he wasn't the only one, you know, so he was just kind of following the trend. It's not like he was doing it to be a pain in the rear end. No. And it's
0: obviously worth pointing out that his agent has notoriously been one of the more difficult ones to deal with. Right. So, Mm, right. It's only, it's only fair that he waited out a little bit, but you know, at the end of the day, I think it looks like he got what he wanted
1: Oh, totally. And you know what? He's signed now. He's not going to miss any games that matter. It will be all good. Oh, yeah.
0: I I love it. I'm so glad that we have him under contract. And I think it's hilarious. Funny, hilarious, I guess it toes that line that when we talked about this earlier, you were like, I think it's going to drag out into the season. And look who was right. This guy, me. Shut up. (laughs) I just wanted to take I, like three seconds to toot my own
1: horn. You were
0: wrong. We're I was ahead. just doing it for shock value. Yeah, of course you were. Uh-huh. Well, I guess um, it, there's nothing really crazy about the structure of the contract. He's got his signing bonuses after year one of two, three, two, three, and two. Base salary, 6.75 year one, and then 2.75. I don't even care. Yeah. It's, I don't even care. You know, the, the only same. thing
1: I care about is the cap it. And yeah. the
0: cap, it remains the same. Exactly. So not really much to do there. And the only really thing that I guess will segue into the next segment here is we went from, well, connect, uh, you know, me is going to sign first. All signs are pointing to that. It's Provorov that's going to give us fits. And then now it's like, well, uh, I guess connect me's at an impasse over right. arguing over ice time. And, you know, i oh, I produce so much with such little time on ice and it's hackstall's fault. And mm. All to do about nothing, because guess what? Connect Me just signed, and we have our forward back. Right. I mean, we just needed something to panic about. Oh, yeah. Flyers Twitter needed something to get their panties in a bunch about, and that's what it was. And now they moved on to something else. <laughs> did this contract kind of surprise you, though? It. Oh, yeah. I'd be lying if I said it didn't. Yeah, it surprised me, too. Everybody – I mean, Mertitis was one of the first to come out and say – you know, his guess on it and what his sources were saying at, what, four and a half, four point two five 4.25 mm-hmm. around that ballpark. And 5.5, yeah, it's, it's a bit steep, but at the same rate for six years with his trajectory in mind, we could be paying five and a half million dollars for a potential 30 to 40 goal scorer.
1: So, Well, okay. that's the thing, right? You're paying for what he's projected to be in the future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, the first maybe one or two years, you might not think that he's earning that. But like you just said, if he starts scoring 30 to 40 goals a season and you're going, oh, wow, we're paying him $5.5 million for the next six years, Oh yeah. we'll, be, we'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I think that at the end of the day, when this contract expires, people are going to look at it and say, that was a good contract. A um, little easier to poke holes in this one as opposed to Provrov's just because of the AAV being a bit high. But like, okay. If if you factor in the fact that again, Connect Me is a great goal scorer, and it's evidenced by his even strength scoring, which is second or third to I think a handful of people. Right. You know, I've I think I got it jotted down here. It's uh, Jordan Hall and Brandon Murphy both tweeted something out earlier today or earlier this week and late last week. Over the past two seasons, TK has the same number of even strength goals as Sidney Crosby and David Pasternak, and he has more than Artemi Panarin. Murphy included names like Matt Duchesne, Jonathan Taves, Jack Eichel, um, Malkin, Evgeny Malkin, Mark Scheifele, Phil Kessel, Patrick Liney, even Steven Stamkos. He has more even strength goals than those guys.
1: Right. And you know what? People might go, well, it's because of the line he's on. Well, guess what? That line's not going anywhere, so I don't care if it's because of the line he's on. Yeah,
0: half those people are probably scoring the goals they are because of the line they're on as well. So, you know,
1: that argument doesn't hold much weight in my mind. No, no. I mean, again, it's it's more than I thought it was going to be, but I also didn't expect a six-year term. I thought for sure this was going to be a bridge deal.
0: Yeah, all signs pointed pointed towards it. All sources, all people talking about it, we all
1: thought it was going to be a bridge deal, so it fooled me too. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think that we'll end up really liking this deal. Just right now, it seems a little puzzling. Yeah. Now, I also wanted to touch on here,
0: um, do you think that we all know um, – that Vino made it pretty clear when Connectney wasn't in camp that he was displeased. Um, very disappointed that he, that TK is not here. Uh, he said, quote, It's the start of a new era, a new group. I felt that it was very important for everybody to be here. Um, basically touching on the fact that he's going to fall behind because it's a new system and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think those comments, along paired with the one that was directed towards Nolan Patrick, um, even though Patrick was injured, he was still at the facility, you know, learning, hanging out with the team, doing, you know, what he could. Do you think that affected anything with negotiations for
1: Connecting and his agent or even the Flyers for that matter? Uh, I don't know if it affected any sort of negotiations, you know, because at that point, like that initial, for lack of a better word, it sounds a little dramatic, but the initial damage is kind of done mm-hmm. there. Um I think more of an argument could be made that maybe it affects that like initial relationship and maybe it's a little bit rocky and maybe Vigneault hesitates playing Konechny a lot until he can kind of understand the system more. Hopefully it just won't be to the extent of
0: Dave Hackstall, where he's like let's bench him a couple games. Oh, let's bring it back on the third line,
1: you know. <laughs> I think no. I think that I think that AV is going to just make Konechny earn it. And when Konechny you know, seems to be succeeding he's just gonna go okay never mind Uh, you know i don't think that vigno is there to prove a point you know he's there to win stanley cups and if travis connect is gonna give the best opportunity which he is Vigneault is not gonna just you know be a hard ass for the sake of being a hard ass dave Haxtall did that because he was a moron (laughs) i can't i can't disagree with you i mean You know, it's not like he had any success as an NHL head coach. He was just being an idiot. I don't expect Vigneault to be the same kind of idiot. No, Vigneault's
0: proven he's a very smart guy. Um, And you're right. I think he's going to make Konechny earn it. But at the end of the day, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Konechny's going to earn it. Right. Um, Another thing, too, that I thought was interesting is the time on ice argument. Um, You know, let's... (coughs) Excuse me. Let's let's revisit and let's go back to Sunday, if you will. Um Okay. No contract. Connect right. his agent, Flyers are talking. This time on ice argument, is that bolstering Connectni's case? Or is that bolstering the Flyers case?
1: To make like for him to make more money?
0: Yeah, if it's bolstering the Flyers case, it's bolstering the fact that they want to pay him less. If it's bolstering Keneckneys, it's vice versa. That's he wants more
1: yeah i mean i feel like it only can work in connect me's favor i mean the guy scored 24 goals and he averaged 15 minutes on ice true that's you know i could see both sides I, to it well yeah i mean but at this point it, at that point it's all just posturing yeah no i agree you know, um, i don't know yeah. Another thing I found interesting, too, in the
0: last two years of his contract, he has a no-trade-slash-no-movement clause as well.
1: So if he's not quite playing worth that 5.5... They're stuck you know, with him. They're stuck with him. <laughs> or I don't if know. he is, then it's just extra security that he'll stay there. Right, and I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, you said it's the last two years? hmm So, I mean, I think by the third year you're going to know whether or not he's going to be worth this amount of money. So by the third or fourth year you start trying to deal him knowing that he has that no movement clause. But I don't I don't really foresee that being a problem. No, yeah, he's what 22 right now. So yeah. the fourth year he'll be
0: 26. That's, you know, right around prime time for him. Right. Yeah, so I really do think, you know, this is a, is a great contract. I think Obviously, yeah, maybe a little too high at first, but when you kind of delve into what is capable of, especially at 5-on-5, I think that 5.5 is
1: pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I think it might seem a little steep maybe this year, but after that I think he's going to earn it and probably surpass it. Yeah, that seemed to be the trend with these two
0: contracts was that Fletcher, like you said earlier, banked on the fact that they would live up to these contracts. It's not like in the past where you're paying for past performances. Right. Which I love.
1: Yeah. And I also think he understands that, you know, over these next couple of years, he's going to have to pay other people. I mean, yes, there'll be other contracts off the books, but you know, you have a bunch of other guys who are going to be up for new contracts. So he wants to kind of lock down what he believes is going to be the future core of this team. It's similar to the Couturier contract that was handed out. I mean, he's the biggest
0: bargain in the NHL, but don't ask that guy that thinks it's Bo Horvat because, God forbid, Um, yeah, (laughs) dunce. But, yeah, so this could turn out to be a minor bust, but it could also turn out to be a major bargain. So high risk. Maybe not. I won't say high risk, but definitely high reward. Oh, yeah. No, I think, I mean, overall, I think they're both good enough contracts. Oh yeah. I nothing more for me to add other than awesome. Let's let's do that hockey. Let's do that hockey. <laughs> so, if there's nothing else we want to touch on here with these signings, we're going to move on. We have the Twitter question that we posed to you folks. We wanted you to give us a topic that we could we could debate here, I guess, you could say. Um a two-sided topic, either this way or that way. And yep. we got a couple good ones. We had to scratch the one because it had to do with Provorov not signing, but he already signed, so it's kind of, it's not pertinent anymore. Right. And if we're going to jump right into it, our first one comes from Papa John. And Papa John asks, old format versus new format as it pertains to the NHL playoffs. To clarify that, the old format is the top eight teams from each conference make the playoffs regardless of division. The new format, obviously, is the top three teams from each division and two wild card teams from each conference make the playoffs. So, John, what I figured we would do here is I'm going to have you take the side that you want to take and I'm going to play a somewhat of a devil's advocate. Oh, OK. And we'll have some fun yeah. with this.
1: Yeah, this is all about having fun. I mean, there's oh, one yeah. question later on that I don't necessarily agree with the argument that I'm going to make, but it, I'm just going to have a lot of fun making that argument. So, But this one I actually do agree with. I agree with the old format. Um, I'm, I'll even go a little bit further in a second, but I think that it should be the top eight teams of each conference because I think it should be the best teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't matter what division they are. And to go a little further, I would – be all for just wiping out the whole conference thing too and just having the top 16 teams in the NHL the top I mean the best teams from that season play in the playoffs and just go a 1 through 16 seed and, and do the thing I just feel like there's some times where because of the division they're in you have some teams that shouldn't be in the playoffs based off of what they did in the regular season Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. And that's fair. I, you know, internally, yes, I agree with you. But again, to play devil's advocate here, if you're going to do that, and with the playoff format the way it is now, Mm -hmm. I think it's more fun to watch the playoff race when there's also a wild card involved. Because not only are you watching that race for the top three per division. You're watching that wild card race, too, and it's two completely different races. And it's just, I think it adds more entertainment value because there's just more going on. There's more at stake. Um, You know, as with any, you could take the top three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever. There's going to be that race for the last couple spots every time. But with this, there's that race with two different kind of like entities, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my biggest um, positive, I guess, of the new format.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I just feel like it dilutes the importance of the regular season sometimes because, like, it's not always the best teams getting into the playoffs.
0: You're right. And I to kind of stray away from the whole devil's advocate role here, I agree with you and I like the old format because you get the best teams from each conference. But, like you said, let's say you've got nine Eastern Conference teams. All of them have 95 points, and the eighth-place team in the Western Conference only has 87. You're getting a lesser-quality team if you're going to base that quality off of points.
1: But, you know, it's the conference. That's just the way that the league is divided. No, and I get the whole anything happens once you get in thing, but I just feel like if you want the regular season to mean the most right you just award the top 16 teams
0: yeah this isn't like the nba when you you know you know who's going to win every year at the beginning of the season right (laughs) right yeah
1: i you know that's that was a good one i think that's a really good foot to start off on yeah i mean and it's something that is brought up every year around playoff time too
0: yeah and it's always fun to discuss because there's always options
1: yeah now,
0: do we entertain this next one?
1: Uh, well, I mean, he is a jerk. He is. I guess we can do it quick. All right,
0: bigger clown, you or me? Oh, you, me, yeah. Now I should say this is from Kerry, um, the guy that won't stop heckling Applebee's on Twitter. <laughs> so if anybody who works at an Applebee's is listening, I'm sorry if you have anything to do with their social media accounts. This guy can be a real
1: dick. <laughs> and I can't understand why he gives us such a hard time. We're nothing but nice to him. You're right. We we're, we're essentially saints to this right. guy. You know,
0: it's we even invited him over for dinner earlier this week and he he declined it wasn't even a polite decline he was like no i'm not coming over i'm like fine you're missing out
1: on some awesome grilling of mine stop being mean carrie yeah carrie anyway you're the bigger clown i i can't even play devil's advocate here yep all right next one
0: yeah (laughs) next one comes from our buddy matthias westerland and he asks what kind of line assembly is best and by line assembly we're going to look at the four lines so his two options here he listed four good lines or three good lines and one grit line so like a you know a typical fourth line your grinder type of player right so john which line assembly here are you
1: going with i i mean in today's today's game the grit line you know that traditional bruiser fourth line is just kind of dead it's such a fast faster game now that even though players who still have that grit are valuable a whole line just it slows you down you want to be able to churn out four good lines so teams you know don't feel like they get a break every fourth switch you know what i mean you're right but on the contrary
0: to that <clears throat> you've got to think that that fourth line like you said it could be a break it could also be one hell of a task because you're playing against three grinders. And those guys are going to do whatever they can to wear you down physically. They're going to do whatever they can to make sure that when you get back on the bench, you look on the ice and you're like, dang. And you're huffing and puffing and you're tired. So what yeah, that but you're does. Huffing,
1: but you're huffing and puffing because you just skated laps around them. Yeah, but at the same time, huffing and puffing is still huffing and puffing. <clears throat> yeah, but you probably
0: scored four goals in the in the process. Well, that could be made up if need if you know if the team's good <laughs> enough, if the other three lines are good enough. But what it also does is could create some favorable matchups down the line, where let's say you know Flyers and Pens are playing. Your first line, the Pens' first line's out there. You've got Crosby, Gensel, and whoever the hell's playing the other line or the other wing, and you've got a fourth line out there. With Raffle, Pitlick, and Lawton. Those guys are gonna grind them down and they're gonna be tired. And what that does is allows your first line to take minutes against a lesser line from Pittsburgh. So it gives you a favorable matchup for you know two minutes what, what it may be, but still in those two minutes, they can make the best of it, especially if it's Couturier, Konechny, and Giroux.
1: I also, though, would make the argument that that's not really a traditional grit line either. I think that those are all capable hockey players, you know, who can do much more than just bruise bodies. I guess it does boil down to what your definition of that grit
0: line is. Like, if you're looking for a line of goons, like, you know, 10 years ago with the Flyers, they had, what, Carcillo and Shelley and Asham. uh, You know, you're not going to get that in the NHL. There's... You might have a goon on the team, but that goon still can, you know, play much better than the goons of yesteryear. Right. So, I mean, it boils down to the definition.
1: Right. I mean, and now kind of like the the new, like, grit line is just they don't produce as much offense. You're
0: right. They'll chip in a goal here and there, but they're not going to put up, you know, the 40, 50 points that... You, would, I mean, you wouldn't you would want a fourth line to produce that. You would, but it's hey, not feasible. You, me? you would want that. I apologize. <laughs> I should word that differently. But you're not going to get that from a fourth line. You, If you're not Tampa Bay, you're not going right. to get
1: it. <laughs> well, I, I think back to the, the Rangers. I think when Vigneault was coach, or was it the Rangers or the Islanders? And they just had a really good fourth line. I think Islanders. it might have been the Martin, Islanders, right?
0: Martin and Clutterbuck and Kazikas, I think.
1: Yeah, Sezikis. Yeah, Sezikis makes me think of Gyros and Ziki Sauce. Like, they were still tough as hell, but they could like they could play two-way hockey
0: yeah. well enough. Oh, yeah. You know, they were deemed one of the best fourth lines in hockey and probably one of the better fourth lines in our generation, at least. Right. And Yeah. But they also but, were tough as nails. Clutterbuck, right. Martin consistently were in the top ten in hits laid for every year. Right. You know, so again, definition, what it is, I guess, kind of deems what, um, what role we'd go with here, right? Yeah. So we get to our last one, and it comes from the veil, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's the RFA argument. That's kind of what I've deemed it, and basically, the two sides are players who hold out beyond the start of camp should be traded due to commitment questions versus. Players who hold out beyond the start of camp don't need to be traded and don't have commitment questions. So I doubt you need any further explanation. So John, tell us which side you're hanging your hat on here.
1: So this is the one I'm going to have a little fun with. I mean, Goody. first of all, first of all, I think it's all circumstantial. But I'm going to go with players who hold out beyond the start of camp should be traded due to commitment questions. Listen, if you're not signing your contract the day that it opens up where you can sign the contract, then you don't really want to be here, and I don't want you here. So get out. Wow no i <laughs> but, <laughs> but no i mean you know the in a realistic way to look at it is if they're holding out at the start of camp and you start to wonder if they're going to make the preseason whether it's going to bleed into the regular season i think you should at least consider trading them because you don't you're not really sure what's going on here and maybe this person really isn't showing they really want to play with you. And if you can get really good assets for them, go for it. But like I said, it, it's very circumstantial. I mean, the case that you could argue that maybe it should have happened was Nylander last year. Oh, absolutely. Right, because of how far it went. And then he signed, and then look what happened. They had pretty much a waste of a year. Yeah, and but, he didn't even do that well. Right. But, I mean, if if a player really wants to play for you, he should play for the lowest amount of money possible. So, yeah, I mean, commitment issues all the way. Yeah. I, I'm i actually going to take my stance and say I completely disagree.
0: Um, I, I get where you're coming from, and I like the fact that the option is on the table to trade the guy for a haul because guys like Provorov, the people that did, I guess, if you want to call it hold out, the guys that took too long, to sign their contracts, think of what you could get. I mean, a McAvoy, a Wierenski, a Marner. Braden Point hasn't signed yet. Uh, Kachuk, Ranton and all those guys. You could get a hellish hole for those guys.
1: So I guess it's, you know... But would you still be getting less value, though? Because these teams know that you're kind of in a tough spot.
0: I don't think so, because... It's your player, so you have to set the market. And at the end of the day, the trade's not going to happen unless you say it's going to happen. So you're either you in the driver's seat. You either say, hey, he's on the market, give me your best offer, and wait until the perfect offer comes along. Or you hold on to the guy and work out the contract negotiations. But that's not to say you can't be working on that contract while still fielding trade calls. Yeah, this is
1: true. Yeah. No, I mean, actually, before we go, because I know we're going to wrap it up, I do have a question for you now that we're kind of towards the end of the offseason. Of course, yeah. Well, we are at the end of the offseason because preseason's here. Yeah. Are you surprised there weren't any more um, offer sheets?
0: I am. And now we've heard reports about Marner having two on the table or multiple. I think it was two, but he, he right. turned them down. Um, That doesn't surprise me, just because of the caliber of player that Mitch Marner is. If reports were to come out and say that once Marner signed, which he has now, those offers were thrown down on the table for a Kachuk, or for a Point, or a Rantanen, it also wouldn't surprise me, because there's still teams out there that have a lot of money to play with. Columbus especially, because their roster, one, is depleted, and two, they have a lot of money to spend and yep. some talent to make up for the fact that they lost a lot. So it would not surprise me if it came out later that Columbus was one of those teams. Right.
1: I'd, I'm just surprised not, you know, there really weren't any other signed.
0: Yeah. like, like I was
1: hoping for at least one or two more.
0: Yeah, the Aho one. I mean, I didn't picture Ajo being one to be offer sheeted. But at the same rate, it definitely makes sense. It just doesn't make sense... That the value of the offer sheet because that's Carolina literally laughed in their face, right? And was like, We're matching this, right? Um, now if someone were to say, Hey, we're gonna throw Ranton in eight million dollars, because let's be honest, aside from the Marner deal, that's the highest contract that's been dished out this summer. Uh, for RFAs, right? Someone says, Hey, we want Ranton, we want Kachuk for eight million dollars a year, that's gonna be tough. It's going to be tough for Calgary. It's going to be tough. I don't think it's going to be well, as at, tough for Colorado. But Look at Tampa. Oh, yeah. Tampa's a prime candidate. We've talked about it before.
1: Right. I mean, still. You know, I mean, they're going to have to sign point, and I feel like they're going to have to move some contracts. And, like, this is not the time you want to be doing that. No. They did a lot of that at the, um, at the draft and during free agency, getting rid of Jason Miller, enough, Callahan.
0: I don't think it is, but at the same rate, you know, more can happen, and right. maybe they just go a little cheaper and bring up a rookie to play with some of the talent they already have, and that saves them a little bit of money. They stash one of the bigger contracts down in the AHL, giving them a little bit of cap relief, but right. maybe just enough to slide point under that cap mark.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. it's. I'm with you there. I definitely think it's a shock that there weren't as many offer sheets mm-hmm. thrown out there. Um, definitely. Yeah. But, guys, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, everyone listening, this has been the Pod Street Bullies. This has been our recap of the week, and it's going to get a little more, I don't want to say informal, but we're going to have some games to recap here. We're going to have some more substance Actual hockey to talk about. Exactly. I couldn't have put it better myself. There's going to be, we still have one episode stashed away because we literally had to scrap our format for this episode. Uh, because of the news with Provorov, with Konechny, with the rookie game, preseason game. But it was a good
1: idea because this needed to be talked about. Right. I mean, who knows? You might still scrap it anyway, depending on what else happens.
0: Yeah. If we've got more interesting things to talk about than what we had planned, we're just going to say screw it and just kind of roll with the punches. (laughs) Yep. Um, But for now, folks, John, I shouldn't say folks, John, please Mm -hmm. let us know again where these fine folks listening will be able to find you on Twitter.
1: Oh, Because I love repeating myself. You can find me on Twitter at John P. Gove. You can find my articles at Philly Sports Network. Uh, I just got back into the teaching game of things, so my articles have been a little lax recently, but I'm in the middle of putting one together on uh, the three prospects who might be under the most pressure this season, um, kind of taken from one of the episodes we did, but you should look for that because it'll be there soon yes it will, and you'll
0: be able to find me on Twitter at PuckBobPSN, you'll be able to find my work on Philadelphia Sports Network I've been actually writing a lot more articles than I have in the past You've been killing it I wouldn't say killing it, but killing like it. I'm at least happy with the fact that I'm putting out a couple articles a week as opposed to the one or two that I used to <laughs> Thanks, Just man. Shut up. You're killing it. All right. I'm killing it, folks. All right. But also, please follow our Instagram. You can find us. It's Street Bullies. We're pretty easy to find there. Follow us, subscribe to us, and
1: write us a review on yes. Apple Podcasts, please. We won't beg you, but we'll beg you. Oh, and the Fantasy Hockey League still has like three spots, so
0: get at us. Yes, you will not want to miss the opportunity to finish second to me in fantasy hockey. So, folks, let us know. We've had people respond to us through email, Twitter, everything. Just get at us. Let us know you want to play some hockey. We're going to have some fun with it. There's going to be trash talk. You'll get the trash talk with the kings of trash talk here. Yeah, boy. Yeah. So, in that, with that being said, this is it for us. And, folks... You have a wonderful rest of your week now that there's actual hockey to watch. And, as always, meaning more now than it has in the past two, three months, let's go Flyers.
1: Bye now.